You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 37 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors related to Star Wars Episode 7 and all the other new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. I think I'm going to plan a trip pretty soon to Abu Dhabi. For some reason, I got the urge to go there. I don't know why, but... I think I'm going to head down to the desert for some reason. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, bring lots of sunscreen and get ready to learn how to ride on a camel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know something happened where I was, you know what? I don't really travel, but I'm going to want to go to Abu Dhabi. Maybe I'll bump into some like, strange uh, places of villages or marketplaces and some interesting people there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? I mean, you could maybe bump into an Imperial walker. You could wander onto the set of... Tatooine or something (laughs) like that. Um, Yes, of course, we're referring to the fact that uh, Star Wars Episode 7 has officially begun filming now. Um, We just got that announcement a couple weeks ago, and uh, they're starting filming in Abu Dhabi. Um, And, you know, it's pretty exciting. We finally got the big announcement. Like, there's a Star Wars movie being made right now. They're, you know, somewhere in the world, J.J. Abrams is filming Jedi and Stormtroopers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, they're filming in Abu Dhabi, which a lot of people are assuming they're going to be filming on Tatooine. I think that's a pretty safe assumption to make, although who knows, it could be Matooine or (laughs) some other distant cousin to a a desert planet or something like that. You know what I'm hoping for that it is? I'm hoping it's Abafar, the the planet where the D-Squad went in the sunny day in the void. I want to see that planet again. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because maybe we could see Gascon there. We could see uh, the skeleton of Jackson. <laughs> Why would you do that to me, Tim? <laughs> I don't want to see that in episode seven. Because it's such a well-regarded Clone Wars episode. I figured every fan would want to go back there, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, In fact, they should just model episode seven after that. Let's have the heroes just wander through the desert for half an hour, find skeletons, and get really depressed and want to jump off a tower and kill themselves on a kid's <laughs> cartoon show. No, that'd be such a great Easter egg. You see the main characters in episode seven walking through, and then in the background, you see Gascon with a bunch of droids following. Them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one would know what that means except the Clone Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we don't really want to know what that means. Well, you do. I know you like those episodes, but uh, yeah, that was not one of my favorites. But yeah, uh, anyway. J.J. Abrams isn't going to be including that in there. <laughs> I yeah, I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've been filming out there, um, and, of course, they're also going to be doing the bulk of the shooting at uh, Pinewood Studios in London. But um, And we even heard earlier that, like, they were already doing some second unit shooting out in Abu Dhabi, so I was kind of surprised to hear that's where they were starting, like, the main principal filming with all the cast and everything. I thought maybe they were just shooting some 
um, you know, some extra stuff out there and that they were going to be shooting, uh, or at least starting the main stuff in London. But I guess they're all shipping off to Tatooine first thing to film stuff there. Um, and like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega have been posting pictures and videos of themselves like on yeah. Twitter and Instagram, um, awesome. <laughs> riding on camels to work and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just exciting to know that there's a new Star Wars movie being made right now. Obviously, we've known for months that it's been in pre-production and they're casting and we knew who the director was and all that kind of stuff. But it's like they're actually shooting it right now. So we're just one step closer to getting to see it. Yeah, when this announcement, when the, it was actually the Bad Robot, I think Twitter feed or their Instagram account that made this announcement where they just said, hashtag day one and there was this cool photo of like the clapboard that they used for the movie it said star wars episode seven and there was some like sand and dirt on there which got everyone to think right away okay that's where they're filming Abu Dhabi and tatooine and all that stuff so it was just cool to get that it was pretty late in the night on may 16th it was like in the middle of the night or something or just like when it hit midnight on the west coast anyway so it was like oh cool like Star Wars is a new Star Wars movie is filming right now with I'm reading like how cool is that it almost still has that feeling where it's almost hard to believe but there's just something special and exciting knowing that a new Star Wars film is being or is being filmed at that moment and even right now I remember I had that feeling for the prequels it's just so cool to know that that's going on right now it just makes you more and more excited it's awesome yeah it's definitely exciting and uh, even just adding even more on top of the excitement um, a few days later, J.J. Abrams released a video on StarWars.com, and it's part of this initiative uh, called Star Wars Force for Change. And so, I mean, this was really cool for two reasons. One of them, well, actually three reasons, I guess. One of them is that they're starting this new charity initiative. Um, they're working with the UNICEF organization to help you know kids in need all over the world, and um, it's a chance for you know Star Wars fans to to pitch in and donate. Um, another cool thing about it is that uh, they've got this whole program set up where um, based on your donation level, you get all these different exclusive rewards, um, ranging from a personal thank you card from JJ Abrams to, I mean, if you go all the way up to the high end, like you can donate enough to, to get your own private screening for, of Star Wars episode seven for you and a bunch of friends. Um, and they've got, you know, t-shirts and posters and all that kind of stuff. But also, um, every person who donates to this, you get, your name entered in a chance to basically have a cameo in episode seven. Um, and you know, I don't know if you get to like play an alien or show up as yourself or something, but yeah, they're going to pick one fan who donates to this cause, uh, to show up in episode seven, um, and actually like be on screen in the movie and like be on set with the cast and everybody. Um, so, I mean, that would be an amazing experience. Um, and I don't know, I might just have to go and donate to this and, uh, you know, see if I happen to, uh, get my, my one in a million chance of being in the movie, but you know, never tell me the odds. Um, and then the third thing that was really cool about this, uh, like I said, JJ Abrams made a, a video where he's sort of explaining this whole thing and, uh, talking to the fans about it, but also, uh, he's like, Hey, I'm here in Abu Dhabi on set for episode seven. And he's in this little, uh, so it looks like a little village market type thing that you would see on Tatooine, um, similar to what we've seen like in the Phantom Menace where Anakin is walking through and, you know, is beating up Jar Jar and stuff like that. It looks like that similar sort of location. Um, and as he's talking, this little alien guy walks by, <laughs> so awesome. um, and it's obviously, you know, it's like a puppet or a guy in a suit or something like that, but it's this long necked, like kind of, it looks like a cross between Yoda and an ostrich. 
Um, <laughs> but this got everybody really excited because they're like, oh, they're they're returning to practical effects for episode seven and not all the aliens are going to be CGI and they've actually got like puppets and costumes and stuff like that on set, um, which, you know, I was excited about, but I was almost surprised to see like how genuinely excited some people got about this, um, you know, even more so than the fact that you can donate to a charity and be in star Wars episode seven. Like people were like, forget that they're using an actual, you know, physical prop of an alien here. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, just the fact that people are, are so excited about that, I'm like, okay, great. And you know what, if it makes people even more excited for the movie and builds their confidence in the movie, then all the better. Yeah. Maybe that creature, that alien is what, whoever wins that contest is going to be dressed up as. <laughs> They're just giving you a tease right there. But speaking of that, I actually wanted to ask you about this, Kyle. Did you want to go half and split the $25,000 donations to try to get that private screening at Skywalker Ranch? <laughs> um, hmm. Let me go do a bunch of illegal stuff to raise yeah. <laughs> my 12500 and get back to you on that. Okay, take your time. I'll be here waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds so awesome, though. That's actually what I was most excited about when I saw the Force for Change and all the different donations and stuff. Even that actually caught my interest more than actually being the chance to win in Episode Seven, just because that seemed like such a long shot. But when I saw a private screening at Skywalker Ranch for Episode Seven, I was like, "Man, that's got to be the ultimate way to see Episode Seven for the first time." Private screening at Skywalker Ranch, probably a little early in advance before it comes out. Like that's got to be the ultimate. Like. How do I get $25,000 right now? <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, the whole uh, Force for Change thing is really a cool thing for them to do to get fans involved for good causes, but then have that chance to be in Episode 7. So, like, whoever's going to be the lucky guy to guy or girl to win that, it's going to be an amazing experience. <laughs> I just can't imagine the excitement that would be. So, of course, I'll probably make the cheaper donation, <laughs> the cheaper rate, just to, you know, you just never know. Maybe the Force will be with me and... I'll get picked. <laughs> but it's like, it's almost a thing where you just got to try it. At least it just seems too cool not to. But going back to that video with J.J. Abrams, was just, first of all, it was just cool to see him on set out of what looks to be, like we said, a Tatooine marketplace, and we're seeing certain things. I just thought that was cool in itself. Was like, man, is it on a sound stage anywhere? It wasn't pre-recorded, like, before they left. This is actually on a set where they were about to film. It just looked really cool. But then when that creature started walking out, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I didn't get, not that it's because, oh, it's, they're going back to practical effects and it's like a puppet and not CG. Just that we're seeing a new alien creature that may be in the Star Wars movie. It could, I doubt it's going to be like some central character. I think it's just going to be someone we're going to see in the background as the main characters are walking by and just may just see him wandering around somewhere. But it just looked really neat to see. And did have a nice touch that it was a puppet. I'll agree with that. It was just nice to see. Just because he looks different. He had these little, like, baby creatures and these containers on his back. It just, I don't know, just something really cool that was unexpected that just kind of made my day when I saw it because it was totally unexpected. It was just cool enough seeing JJ on the set. But when we saw this alien creature, like, man, this is... This is just cool. I mean, it's a new Star Wars movie being filmed. We're seeing a new set. We're seeing a new alien creature. Just a lot of cool stuff. I mean, hard to complain about anything when you watch this video. Yeah, it's, and like you said, it was... Just awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, it was cool to see a new species, too, because, um, you know, I agree with you that it's probably not going to be any sort of main character or anything. It's probably just going to be some dude walking by in the background, but 
you know with the the track record of Star Wars, like all these background aliens end up popping up again somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like even if this guy might not be a main character, the fans are gonna fall in love with him. They're gonna give him a name and the whole made up backstory and everything. And then we're gonna see another character of this same species as a main character in some future episode of you know Rebels or another Star Wars animated series sometime in the future. Because that happened all the time on Clone Wars, where I would see you know, some different alien species that I didn't think I had seen before and that I thought was like, oh, cool, they made up a new species. And then you go look at the episode guide on StarWars.com and it's like, no, you see them for half a second tucked away in the back corner of the Moss Eisley Cantina. <laughs> um, and, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, come on, again? Like, they can't come up with anything new. But at the same time, it's just so cool that, I mean, even with the first movie, George Lucas came up with so many different alien species and stuff and just populated this universe with so much stuff that, you know, we can still be um, sort of doing new stuff with it, you know, 30 years later. And they're, uh, you know, bringing up these characters on Clone Wars that, um, you know, nobody's ever really touched before. So the fact that they're adding to that even more and adding even more, you know, background characters and alien species and stuff, is just going to give the people making the future books and comics and video games and all that kind of stuff, you know, even more of a well to draw from. And I wonder if this character is already getting a strong like fan base where he's going to have tons of fans. And if we see him for the first time on an episode seven, he's going to get cheers and applause in the theater. <laughs> it's like the first alien creature scene of episode seven is now on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I think this guy's going to sort of become famous just for, like you said, being the first character we've seen from episode seven. And uh, you know, everybody will be like, oh, that's the guy from the video with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, yeah, we've gotten a lot of like positive reaction from a lot of fans. But we actually had a few comments on Facebook from some listeners about the, the video and the alien creature. And uh, the first one was from Omar, who's actually an old friend of mine who's a big Star Wars fan. And during the prequels, he was the one who, like, we spent a lot of hours waiting online <laughs> for the, the prequel. So uh, he's definitely looking forward to this one. He says, do you guys think the Muppet-like creature is an indication of more old-school look to the saga? And then we got a comment from Paul Gann, who says, um, I personally see it as one of many styles of aliens we'll see. I think the look of the new trilogy will be a combination of the look of the previous movies. Now, the overall feel of it might be something different from both. We'll have to see. But I think they're going to fit together based on what little I've seen so far. And I kind of agree with that, where it's going to be a nice balance. And kind of what Omar says, if we think it's going to be more of an old school look, I'd say probably yes. I mean, they've made that indication already. They want to have a good mix between the practical effects and CG effects. But I think they are wanted to have it look more like the original trilogy than the prequel, just to the fact that, you know, we talked about before taking place after Return of the Jedi when we're seeing these familiar characters. But in the end, it's probably is might have its own unique feel too, but at the same time still have the closer it's still gonna feel like Star Wars, I guess is the easiest way to say it, even though like the prequels and the original trilogy had the distinct feel, it was still Star Wars and I think the new trilogy is probably gonna be the same thing. Yeah, and I totally agree with that, too, and uh, with what both of those guys are saying. I mean, I do think it will be more of an old-school feel, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're trying to exactly replicate, um, you know, the the look and feel of the original trilogy. Because, of course, this takes place 30 years later, so, I mean, this trilogy can have its own unique look and feel, but I do think they are trying to go a little bit more back towards that story, or towards that uh, sort of visual style um, in terms of, yeah, the practical effects, the practical sets, all that kind of stuff. Um, and of course, you know, you've got Han and Luke and Leia coming back and it takes place after the original trilogy. So they do want to, to make it a little bit more, um, 
sort of visually similar and make it feel more like the original trilogy. But at the same time, I think there will be, you know, some new stuff. There could be some completely new elements. It could have its own new look and feel to it, or it could sort of incorporate some of the CGI elements from the prequels as well. Um, and yeah, obviously they're going to try to strike a balance between, um, the, the practical and the CGI. Cause you know, every movie nowadays uses CGI and I'm sure for some, hopefully some big space battles or lightsaber duels or whatever we're going to get to see, I'm sure they'll make, good use of the CGI as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't wait to actually see this on, on film and on screen and, uh, just see sort of how the, the finished product comes out and how it ends up looking. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great that this is getting so many people excited and that it's sort of going back to that visual style, at least of the original movies. Yeah. I mean, just that character didn't have to pop up in that video. And just I would have gotten hyped up just by seeing the set of like a Tatooine marketplace. And then when this new alien creature came up, it just took it to a whole other level of excitement. <laughs> so yeah, this video was definitely a highlight of the week when it first popped up. Just unexpected at the same time, just being so cool just to see something of our first look into the episode seven. Yeah, and you know I'm sure we'll probably get some some CGI aliens as well, especially if like we're speculating. Um, you know, if Andy Serkis ends up playing a, uh, a motion capture alien character, um, you know, we were kind of debating, like, are, are they going to use him as a live action actor? Are they going to use him as a motion capture actor? I think either way, we can safely say they didn't recruit Andy Serkis just to put him in a, a Muppet suit or yeah. something <laughs> like that, you know? So, um, you know, I'm sure we'll see some more sort of complex um CG aliens too. I mean, if they can if they can blend those together in the same scenes and make them look really good, then great, you know. And I think they've already done that in some of the the previous Star Wars movies. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to just seeing how they incorporate all those elements and what the finished product ends up looking like. And this video got me thinking a little bit too. I wonder how long we're gonna wait to start seeing maybe some like video diaries or like behind the scenes look into episode seven of the post on starwars.com. I wonder if it's still going to be like a year off or if they're going to start it pretty early and maybe not reveal too much and give little hints and teases kind of like this video showed. But because I remember for the prequel, I think for episode three is started like in the fall of 2003. So it was like a year and a half before the movie came out. That's kind of almost the same time frame we're on now. So that'd be cool if they do start having some video diaries, maybe starting this fall or pretty soon. Cause Imagine how hyped up we're going to be seeing those. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, Peter Jackson's been doing those for the Hobbit movies. And uh, although he mostly did it the first year before the first Hobbit movie came out, he hasn't been putting out as many since then. But um, yeah, I mean, it's always just great to see like those, those directors that reach out to the fans with, um, you know, just sort of showing them a glimpse like behind the scenes as they're making it. And it's not just like the video documentaries that you see on the DVD and stuff. It's like, hey, we're making this right now and we're letting you guys get a little sneak peek of it. So, I mean, yeah, if they put something out like that for Star Wars, that would be awesome to see. Yeah, and I think they will because, like I said, they did it for the prequels and it's just a matter of how close they want to show them before the release of the movie. So, yeah, I just remember that being like something that I've always looked forward to when the prequels were coming out, especially for episode three. They they were spaced out for several months before each video diary, but man, when they did come out, <laughs> the majority of them did a disappoint and just made you super, super excited for it. So I'm expecting the same thing for episode seven. Yeah, well, hopefully we won't have to wait too long. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, this last few weeks have been pretty good of getting news. All month of May has been really good. We got the casting, the filming has started, and we got this cool uh, video with J.J. Abrams. So 
as it should be, May's been a good month for Star Wars news. <laughs> Even though some new movies isn't going to come out in May, May is still Star Wars month. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, hopefully we continue to you know just get more news and sneak peeks and all that kind of stuff throughout the summer as they're filming. Yeah, keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, we also got um, you know this note that just surfaced online over the past couple weeks that uh, supposedly is from J.J. Abrams. I mean, I guess... I don't know if anybody has actually like confirmed or denied this, but it seems like it's from J.J. Abrams. I see no reason to to be skeptical about this, and it's just a short note to the cast and crew, and it says, uh, Dearest cast and crew, what an honor it is to work beside all of you on Star Wars Episode Seven. I can't thank you enough for all work, past and future. Let's take good care of not just ourselves, but each other. Amazing but true. The world awaits this film. Let's give them something great. Um, that's from J.J. Abrams. So... Um, you know, that's just nice to see that he's, uh, sort of rallying the troops, I guess. And, um, you know, we've said this before, but obviously everyone involved in this project knows what a big deal it is and knows how excited people are for it. And, uh, you know, they know, uh, sort of how much pressure they're under, but also, you know, just, they, they really want to deliver on this and, uh, deliver a good experience for the fans. So, um, it's just, you know, one more thing to add to the pile of like, if you were still skeptical about the movie and, you know, wondering if the people behind it are going to do a good job, like, just look at all this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've heard interviews, everyone has a passion for it, but then they know too, that even though they all know they're working on Star Wars and they love it, they know the world <laughs> loves Star Wars too. And they're all anticipating this thing to be something great. So it was just cool to see those words of how he ended it. Like the world awaits this film, so let's give them something great, and they so they know what we're expecting. And I think they're going to deliver. <laughs> Even yeah. not as early as it is, I I know they'll deliver. <laughs> yeah, in JJ we trust. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I've got a few more rumors and things like that uh, that have come out over the past couple weeks too. Um, and this actually came out like right after we released our last episode but um i mean it's been sort of speculated and assumed by some people for a long time that adam driver was like a lock to be uh cast in the movie even before like the official casting announcement came out and so far everyone has pretty much assumed that he's going to be the villain um and this uh rumor came out on uh, jedi news that um you know according to their sources they're saying sounds like adam driver is not going to play a villain sort of he will be playing the son of Han and Leia, and it seems he will be seduced to the dark side, and a main plot point for the movie will be their attempt to rescue him. Um, and, of course, take it with a grain of salt. This is just a rumor. You know, nothing has been confirmed yet. But if this does out does turn out to be true, um, I'm pretty sure I can say I called it. I don't know if I ever actually said that on this podcast, but, like, when I first sort of saw the casting announcement and was hearing all this stuff about like, Oh, Adam driver's going to be a villain. I'm like, I don't know. He looks like he'd be a good, you know, Han and Leia offspring. So, um, but that doesn't mean he can't play a villain. So if he turns to the dark side and ends up sort of being the, the hero turned villain, um, then, you know, great. I'm sure that would be pretty cool to see. Obviously that's something we've seen before with, you know, Anakin and all that, but obviously it would be a different, uh, different dynamic where it's, Han and Leia trying to rescue their son. And of course you got Luke too, and all the new characters as opposed to, you know, Anakin being the chosen one and all that. And then Luke trying to rescue him. So I'm sure they could still make it different and interesting. And uh, again, if this does turn out to be true, this would be a good example of ways that they can incorporate material from the EU. Um, because obviously in the books and everything, Jason Solo turns to the dark side, but 
Um, at the same time, I wouldn't expect them to strictly adhere to that material and, you know, keep all the names and the characters and the events and everything exactly the same. So um, it would sort of be their own interpretation of that story if this does turn out to be true, which, again, it's just all speculation at this point. But uh, I think that would be uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, you know, I've never thought that Adam Driver was going to be a solo. I've heard a lot of speculation about that from different fans and like different reports too, but there's still something a part of me that doesn't think so. I think he's going to be the villain of the movie, cause, but as far as being a solo, I don't know. I just think mainly because it would be too similar to the whole Jason Jaina thing, because I think everybody right now is assuming and at least speculating that Daisy Ridley is going to be Han and Leia's daughter too. So if they were brother and sister and then he goes to the dark side, Maybe they would be different characters, and maybe the whole reason why is different from what was in the EU novels. But to me, it just sounds like it's going to be too similar to that. And I just really think that they're just going to do something totally different than what we've read before in the EU. But I will admit, I've heard some people with their different story ideas and some of the things Jared is talking about. It might be actually pretty cool if they go that route, <laughs> or if like Han and Leia have to save their son and their daughter is part of it too and then they're gonna have this like rift between brother and sister that we haven't really seen before so it does sound like it'll be a cool story but i still don't think he's gonna be a solo where because it just sounds a little too similar to the jason jana thing but if it is i I think it sounds pretty cool and it'd probably be maybe even better than what was played out in the eu you never know so i'll be good with it either way but right now i'm still thinking that he's not going to be a solo but we'll just have to wait and see yeah, and you know, if they do end up doing that too, I think another way that they could differentiate it from the EU, um, I don't know that Jason and Jaina would be twins necessarily, um, because obviously, you know, they can have actors play characters who aren't exactly their own age. But um, I think, you know, from what I read, I'm pretty sure Daisy Ridley is about 10 years younger than Adam Driver. So yeah, I don't know if they'd be having them play twins or if, you know, in this version of the story, Jason came first and then Jaina, um, because that's another thing where, um, you know, obviously Luke and Leia are twins. So maybe they feel that having Leia give birth to twins would be just sort of too much repetition within the story. So maybe they're going to change it up that way as well. At the same time too, you know how Star Wars does like to repeat certain themes. So it wouldn't make sense if she does have twins too, just like how her and Luke were. So you never know which way they could go. It could kind of make sense both ways, not wanting to repeat themselves. But if they do, you could see why they did it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's an aspect that they need to change up and that I feel like it's too repetitive. Sure, yeah. But um, also, like I said, with the age of the actors too, I could see them doing that. Yeah, like them being twins is not going to be something that would make or break the movie either way. (laughs) Just the fact that they are brother and sister, it doesn't matter if they're twins or not. It's not going to be something that you'll hold against it. At least I won't, because maybe there are some fans who want really want it to be like Jason and Jaina and where they're twins, but I don't know. Yeah. Again, more speculation and either way they go, I'm sure it'll be something great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully if they are twins, at least we won't have any plot holes this time regarding who remembers their mom and all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So now that we definitely know that Leia is there, they'll have no trouble remembering her. Yeah, exactly. But so uh, somehow then... they got separated <laughs> they got separated from their parents at a young age and then they just discover them <laughs> in this movie. Who knows? But that would be interesting. <laughs> That'd be I know. weird though. More speculation to add to it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they don't even know who their parents are when we see this movie. And again, I think that would be definitely retreading too much old ground if Harrison Ford has his own, you know, I am your father moment in this movie. 
or you're my son moment. <laughs> like it's like the opposite. The son yeah. reveals himself to the father, or the daughter reveals himself. Yeah, that could be weird too. But uh, yeah, then we have this other uh, report from the Courier uh, in the UK. Um, they you know, interviewed uh, Dennis Lawson, uh, who played Wedge Antilles in the original Star Wars films, and he was you know, doing a press tour for another movie he's in. Um, and they asked him about uh, you know if he was going to be returning to play Wedge in Episode Seven, and unfortunately, he said he turned it down because uh, he just would have been bored and you know wasn't really interesting and in, interested in returning to. Uh, reprise the role. And also when I was reading about this, I found an older report from a few months ago uh, before they had, you know, officially announced the cast and all that. And someone had asked him if he was going to come back and play Wedge. And he said he'd only consider it if they, um, you know, gave him a bigger part than he had in the original trilogy. So, I mean, if that was the case and that's what he was looking for, then obviously it doesn't look like that panned out. And, you know, they weren't willing to uh, write a bigger part for him into the script. And it's kind of unfortunate because obviously, you know, Wedge isn't a character that's going to make or break the movie. Um, but at the same time, it would have been cool to see him in there. But I don't think any of us really expected Wedge to have a big part. So I think for him to sort of demand a bigger role in it was kind of unrealistic because you know, Wedge never had that big of a role in the original trilogy. And for the sequels, I mean, obviously we're going to have to... Um, sort of revisit the uh, the returning characters with Han and Luke and Leia and Chewie and R2 and 3PO and kind of catch up on what they've been doing for the past 30 years, plus introduce this whole new slew of new characters. And, uh, you know, I don't see a place in there for Wedge Antilles to suddenly be like a big supporting character in the movie. So, um you know, that wasn't really going to happen, but it would have been nice to see him like in a space battle or something. And, you know, you don't see him the whole movie and then there's like a climactic space battle at the end and suddenly Wedge shows up leading Rogue Squadron and it would have been like, oh, cool, it's, you know, Wedge is back. Um, that would have been cool to see, but unfortunately that's not going to happen. Yeah, I always liked Wedge. I've been a Wedge fan for the original trilogy, but and like you said, it would have been cool to see him in episode seven in a small role, just like you said, but... I just don't like his attitude that Dennis Lawson had where he's saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I just would have been bored or it would have bored me. It's like, well, if you're going to have that attitude, then yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're not in it then because this is like he was talking down on Star Wars. Like it was beneath him where unless I have a major role in it, I want nothing to do with it. It's like, eh, come on, man. <laughs> you know how many people love this movie and he has a lot of fans too. There's no doubt about that. So it was just kind of disappointing for me to hear him say that. So I was like, okay, if you don't want to be in it, then fine kind of don't want you winning anyway you're gonna have that like <laughs> snobby attitude towards it so as cool as it was to have a nice little cameo now it's gonna be like okay no big deal now i mean when we're sitting in the theater we're not gonna say oh man wedge isn't in it this is not the same without wedge <laughs> it just would have been a nice little cool addition if he was but now it's like okay just forget about it <laughs> yeah i mean and it would have been nice too because obviously wedge has played such a big role in the expanded universe and um, you know, there's that whole series of X-Wing novels and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, again, it's not something that's going to make or break the movie. So, um, you know, unfortunately, they'll have to carry on without him, but I'm sure they can still make it great. Yeah, I'm sure it's still going to be a great movie and do great at the box office, despite not having Dennis Lawson. <laughs> yeah. In fact, hopefully it's great enough that he'll look back on it and go, man, I should have been in that. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the best. But... Yeah, and then uh, in, um, I guess, with somebody being more positive on the other side, um, there was a interview with Harrison Ford from BBC News, and 
Um, you know, he's just sort of giving some brief comments saying that he's delighted to be involved and that, uh, the cast is great and the script is great. And that JJ, he says, JJ is a director at the top of his game and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, you know, great to hear that not only Harrison Ford is back on board, but that he at least seems excited about the project and about the people he's working with. You know, this could just be him putting on a smile for the press, but, um, hopefully he really is excited to be back and involved in Star Wars. But then he gets back up to his old antics and it says the 70, the 71 year old would not be drawn, however, on whether his Han Solo character would return in future Star Wars movies, feigning deafness when pressed by this British reporter. So, <laughs> you know, it's like this was just, uh, you know, some little text. It wasn't uh, like a video interview or anything, but we've seen him in so many other videos on you know, Jimmy Kimmel and all these other talk shows and interviews and things like that, that you can just imagine exactly what this went like. You know, he's saying, oh yeah, JJ's great and I'm excited to be back and part of Star Wars and like, um, you know, any word on if Han Solo is going to survive this movie and be in any of the future movies? What? They're making more movies after this one? <laughs> what did you say? I couldn't hear you. You know, like we've seen other interviews where he just like zipped his lips and pretended like he couldn't talk and now he's pretending like he's deaf and so... Um, yeah, you know, good to know that he's still sort of keeping a tricky sense of humor about the whole thing and uh, not ready to reveal everything yet. But obviously, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation and rumor that, you know, he would only return to play Han Solo if they killed off the character. And um, so obviously, you know, everybody's wanting to know, like, oh, are they going to do that? Is he going to be back for episode eight or nine or uh, whatever? But I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's something I don't want to find out until I go see the movie and I'm glad that he's not going to spoil it for us ahead of time. So, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what they end up doing with that when we see the movie. And it's just good to know that we can expect more, uh, Harrison Ford being coy and then just trying to avoid these questions that, you know, he's not going to answer. It should make for more great, uh, interviews when he goes on talk shows, like you mentioned, Jimmy Kimmel or Conan O'Brien or something. <laughs> He'll have more fun with it, trying to avoid the question and give some like casual remark about it. So even though we can confirm he's in it, he's still going to be tight-lipped about everything else, <laughs> which should make for some good quotes. Right. And you know, he's still going to be getting these questions all the time over oh, the yeah. next year. Um, because, you know, first it was everybody wanting to know like, Hey, are you going to be in star Wars? I hear they're making a new one or is Han Solo coming back? And he was just like, you know, what? I don't know about that. Um, and now it's like, okay, yeah, he can confirm he's in it, but now everybody's going to, I mean, that's going to open up a whole new, uh, can of worms as far as, you know, people want to know details and is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Are you in more than one movie? And, uh, asking all kinds of questions that he's going to still not be able to answer. So I'm sure we can look forward to more entertaining Harrison Ford answers in interviews, uh, over the next several months. I'm hoping Conan does another skit where he bribes him with more money to talk about his role, and then he just reveals, I'm playing Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that would be uh, fun to see again. Yeah, that would be... uh, Well, and I mean, it would be fun to see, and I'm sure it's something we will see again at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Still got a whole other year and a half to wait, so yeah. We could definitely expect more of that from Harrison Ford. Then we also had a report, too, from uh, Bleeding Cool that... Because all the talk right now is about filming in Abu Dhabi, but then they have a report from one of their sources about uh, filming in Iceland that's supposed to take place. And it wasn't too much. They were just saying how there was going to be what characters that might be showing up in there. And according to their source, we might see um, Chewie and Stormtroopers. And they stressed old school Stormtroopers from episode four. So, of course, we don't know too much about that, if it's accurate or not, or what's actually going to be filmed in Iceland. And 
if it's so they're speculating that it's going to be Hoth because they don't think they'll create a new planet that looks just like Hoth. But one thing that got me thinking about this, if it is end up being true, because we saw that uh, leaked image of what looks to be the AT-AT foot, I just got thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we've seen, like, they, for some reason or another, certain characters travel to some of the familiar planets where these, like, there's these battle ruined areas where we see stuff from the battles we saw in the original trilogy or maybe some other battles we haven't heard. And we see like the wreckage of stuff like down ships or down walkers and stuff like that. For some reason, they're going back to these old battle um, planes and like battle scenes. So I don't know. It just got me thinking that might be something cool to see where we're showing reminiscing or remembering some of the old battles that they fought against the Empire as a rebel alliance. So I don't know. That's just the first thing that popped into my head when I heard this story. This Maybe certain characters will be going back to old familiar battlegrounds or something. Yeah, and I kind of thought of that too, um, especially because like when when you think about a new Star Wars movie and uh, you know all the stuff there is to get excited about, one of the things obviously is that you hope there's going to be some new planets and some new locations and stuff. And I mean, if you think about it, most Star Wars movies only have maybe two or three or four planets as sort of like the main locations for the mm-hmm. story. Um, and so I, at first was kind of like, you know, I don't, I, I kind of hope we don't spend a whole lot of time on like Hoth and Tatooine in this movie. Cause we've obviously seen a lot of that before, but then like you were saying, maybe it could be something where the crew all like splits up and they're just sort of on, uh, you know, on missions to these various places. And like you said, revisiting maybe some old battles or some old places that they've been before, maybe looking for clues or trying to track somebody down or something. Um, and especially because, you know, this is sort of the early stuff that they're shooting and, um, you know, this, these could be places that they're not going to be shooting for very long. And especially this rumor, if it is true that they're shooting up in Iceland with Chewbacca and some stormtroopers, it's like, well, it doesn't sound like they've got the whole cast and crew up there and this is just like the second unit. So, I mean, maybe Chewie goes to Hoth and Luke goes to Tatooine and somebody else goes somewhere else and then they all meet up for, you know, the, the main part of the story to take place on some new planet. Um, but, you know, because I, I think even though I don't necessarily want to spend a whole lot of time retreading old ground, it would be nice to see some familiar locales just sort of briefly and be like, oh, yeah, we're back on this planet or that planet. Um, but, but it's also kind of funny just, you know, following all these rumors and seeing all these places in the world that they're filming. It's almost like, you know, kind of trying to, to track it down and like map it all out. And it's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego or something <laughs> like that? Where, you know, it's like, oh, first, you know, the main crew is in London and the second unit's in Abu Dhabi. And, oh, well, we thought the second unit was in Abu Dhabi, but now the main crew is in Abu Dhabi and the second unit's up in Iceland. And, um, you know, who knows where they're going to be spotted next. But um, again, just sort of adding to that excitement that there's a new Star Wars movie being filmed right now. And there's like people out in the world you know, at these different locations, like shooting stuff that's going to be making up planets in the new Star Wars movie. So uh can't wait to see all this stuff. Yeah, and it makes me think too, maybe it'll just like be a montage of different planets. We'll see kind of like how Order 66 was, where we got a glimpse at these different locations. And may, I'm sure it'll be for completely different reasons, but it just goes back to how many planets you think are going to be in this movie. Is it going to be as much as it was in Revenge of the Sith? Or is it going to be kind of limited to just a few like in the original trilogy maybe it was like two or three planets per movie so that, that's another question that makes you wonder are they going to have a lot of locations or are they just going to be stuck to a few or we'll see a lot of locations but it'll be real quick in a montage sequence or something so 
just another thing to add to the whole speculation of episode seven. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you know, you mentioned Order 66 and I thought of characters getting killed off and then suddenly this just popped into my head. Have I mentioned recently how happy I am that the story about Chewbacca getting killed by a falling moon is no longer canon? <laughs> Maybe that's what happens to him on this ice planet if it's hot. <laughs> no, no. It's not canon anymore. It doesn't happen. If he dies, he's going to go out in an exploding Millennium Falcon with Han in the middle of some heroic act in the space battle or something like that. And he's not going to have a giant moon fall on his head. Or he gets attacked by a wampa and that's how he dies. <laughs> well, you know, a, a wrestling match between Chewie and a wampa could be pretty cool too. As long as it comes out on top. Well, yeah. well of course, because I mean, even Wampas know to let the Wookiee win. Yeah, everybody should know that, except uh, C3PO, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we well, no, it was R2 who didn't know that. It was 3PO who told R2. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, after Han Solo had to explain it to him, so I don't know. Um, and then another uh, interesting little tidbit, um, and this doesn't really have to do with the movie itself, but uh, regarding the poster for episode seven, um, you know, some of you may have heard of this artist, Drew Struzan, who has done uh, the artwork and design and stuff for countless movie posters. I mean, in this article, um, they've got like the Star Wars poster and the Harry Potter poster and Back to the Future. But I mean, he's done a whole bunch more besides that. I'm pretty sure he's done all the Indiana Jones posters as well. Um, and apparently I didn't know this, but apparently he has you know retired from doing all these movie posters. But um they're saying that according to their sources that J.J. Abrams has actually gotten this guy to agree to sort of come out of retirement and do the poster for Star Wars Episode Seven, which if it turns out to be true, I mean, that would be pretty awesome as well. I mean, the poster for me is sort of like the title in that, you know, even if the poster isn't that good, the movie can still be really good. So that's not something I'm super excited about. But at the same time, you know, you, you want a, a really cool looking poster. And as soon as they reveal that first poster for it, we're going to be looking at it going like, oh man, that's cool. And, you know, analyzing sort of all the different characters and ships and whatever they happen to have on there. And, uh, of course, maybe I'll get that for my wall too. So, um, you know, if they do get uh, Drew Shrews in to come back and, and do the poster sort of in the same classic style that he did for all the other uh, posters for the Star Wars movies, then that's just one more thing that's going to make this feel like it fits and belongs in the Star Wars universe and uh, it's just going to have that same great feel to it. Yeah, I really hope this does end up being true because to me, it wouldn't feel completely Star Wars if they do a poster and it's not by Drew Struzan. And I, because I don't know, there's this great documentary about Drew called Drew the Man Behind the Poster talks about his whole career and all the different movie posters that he did. But at the end, it kind of made the point, which I agree with, with how it's disappointing to see how there are no more posters that are done by artists. It's all done on Photoshop by computers and all that. It just doesn't have that same classic feel. And to me, Star Wars has always has that. And it would be really different if it doesn't, if they discover the generic Photoshop route. So it, it to me, it wouldn't feel like Star Wars if it didn't have a poster by Drew Struzan. And if he's not going to come out of retirement, I hope maybe they find another artist who could take over because I just don't want to see a generic Photoshop poster that we see now for everything. There's just something so timeless and classic about these artists' renditions of posters, especially Drew's. I mean, he, he's the best in the business. So, And I think if there was going to be anything that makes him come out of retirement, it'll be something from Star Wars because I know he loves doing the posters for pretty all the Star Wars movies. So I really hope this one's going to be true because it would be a part of me that would feel a little incomplete if it didn't have a poster for him. Yeah. And, you know, now that I think about it, I mean, 
you, I think you have a point there about just sort of the sort of artistic style of the poster and how it's not just like, um, you know, photographs just sort of cobbled together, but that it's yeah. actually like an artwork and, um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully if he doesn't do it, then they will have uh, somebody else do something similar in that style, because I think it really fits for star Wars when, um, you know, it's it just sort of that, that magical sense, I guess, of the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It's not just like a picture of some guy that you could meet on the street, you know, um, it sort of gives it that, uh, almost that sort of mythology, that mythological, like storytelling quality to it. Um, that, you know, you're going to see like this grand space adventure and not just, you know, another movie about regular people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if he does end up doing that, that would be great. And either way, hopefully we get a really cool poster for episode seven. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's, this is one rumor I'm really hoping that that'd be true because <laughs> it would just be perfect because you got Williams back and then it would be great to have Drew back for the poster. It would make it feel like Star Wars again. Yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah, that's something I thought of as we were talking about it. Like it, it kind of does remind me of John Williams too, where it's like, um, you know, kind of a, an older guy. I mean, John Williams hasn't retired from doing music, but um, it's just something where you could maybe see them like trying to go a different direction with the movies, but it's just better to to have the original guys back doing the posters and the music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's almost one of those things where you just can't do it any differently. I mean, it just wouldn't be right if it wasn't. It's almost on that level. Maybe not to the same extent as like John Williams with the music, but it's almost there where it just wouldn't be right if they went a different route with not doing an artist rendition from a poster. Yeah. Now last up, um, it's been a while, but we've got yet another rumor from Latino review. So of course, take this with a giant spoonful of salt, but, <laughs> um, you know, they've got a couple more casting rumors, uh, and they're saying that they've got a couple more, uh, actresses that they think are going to be cast in the films. And they're not saying like what roles these are for, but, um, first they're saying this actress named Katie Jarvis, uh, who's British. She's apparently been in something called fish tank. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of her before, but they've got a picture over here on the site and they're, uh, apparently pretty sure that she's somehow connected to the project. And then also another name we've heard before, um, is this, uh, Maisie Richardson Sellers. Um, so just two more names that they're throwing out there that they're saying, are going to be in, you know, female leading roles. But, you know, at this point it's like, okay, yeah, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um, if anything, I would put more stock in the Maisie Richardson sellers. Like if, if she ends up being in it, because we've heard that name several times before and not just from Latino review, um, this other woman that they're uh, kind of putting out there, I'm like, I don't know who this is. I've never seen any other rumors about her before. So, um, you know, if they end up being cast, great. If not, then, oh, well, we can heap those on top of the discard pile with Benedict Cumberbatch and Leonardo DiCaprio and Zac Efron and Saoirse <laughs> Ronan and everybody else that they said was going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I took mainly from this report was that, if anything, you just said it, that Maisie Richardson Sellers is her name keeps popping up and I'm kind of more, more to believe that she will eventually be cast in it because you keep hearing her name on all of these different reports. So if anything, I think she'll be the next one we'll hear about as far as the new cast member for episode seven. Yeah. And yet we all know Tim doesn't want her to be cast because she keeps being attached to these rumors about Obi-Wan <laughs> having a granddaughter. So 
<laughs> if she's cast, great. But if it says Obi Wan's granddaughter, then yeah, you'll hear me go on a rant. <laughs> Another <laughs> one. But... Watch, and then they'll end up changing your mind once you see the movie, and you're gonna love it. That'd be the ultimate. I mean, I'll be disappointed at first, but if they're able to turn me around and think it's a great idea, then yeah, I'll gladly admit that I was wrong and that it ended up being good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But at this point, yeah, I I don't think Latino Review's got the best track record as far as, um, you know, casting announcements and stuff that they claim are, you know, I mean, I think the thing about these guys is they tend to claim that their rumors are almost fact fact. like yeah yeah they're like you know people are going to refute this but don't listen to them our sources say that this is definitely going to happen and we even know now from other reports from more reputable sources like the hollywood reporter people have been saying after the episode seven casting announcement came out you know they've sort of dug up some more details about it and found out like oh they didn't even really begin casting in earnest until like january or you know early this year and yet there were times like middle of last year when Latina Review would be like, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in this movie and don't let anybody tell you different. Yeah. We are 100% <laughs> sure of it. I'm like, okay, yep, keep talking. I know, really. I mean, it's just going to keep going, too. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll start hearing some stuff from Episode 8 from them pretty soon now. <laughs> that Episode 7 big cast. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah. before we get to Episode 8, we actually got our first piece of official news regarding the first Star Wars standalone movie. Yeah. Um, we still don't know what it's going to be about, who's going to be in it, but we do know who the writer and director are going to be. Um, the writer is – or the director is Gareth Edwards, who directed the most recent Godzilla movie. Um, and that seems to be one that's kind of split some people on whether they like it or not, but I saw, I really liked it and it's been successful at the box office so far. So I'm excited to see what he can do with the star Wars movie. Um, I don't know, Tim, did you see Godzilla or any of the other stuff this guy's done? Yeah, I just saw Godzilla. I think he only did two movies and they're both monster movies and Godzilla was his first like big budget production movie. I really liked it a lot. Godzilla was handled great. The only thing that I had, my big problem with Godzilla was, Maybe not a lot of people thought this, but I just felt he teased a little too much of like some big cool action sequences that were going to happen in Godzilla. But then we don't see it. And you're just slowly building up to the grand finale of the big final action sequence. So that was my one nitpick was like, oh, you're teasing us, but then we don't see it. I don't think that would be the case with the Star Wars movie, but that was my one little nitpick of it as far as the direction of how Godzilla was. So, but. Yeah, I really like Godzilla for what he did with it. And I think having him on board Star Wars is going to be great. It just makes me think, like, how did like when did Lucasfilm really want to try to get him to direct the standalone movie? Did they get like early like inklings of how Godzilla was? Did they see it in advance and say, "Man, this guy's really good. We got to get him from Star Wars," or and then or did they wait where Godzilla was a big hit and they knew this, there was something to this guy and they snatched him up before anyone else did or before the Godzilla sequel. So I'm just curious as far as like how long was he on their radar? Cause he didn't have too much experience with any other movies. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure Godzilla helped him out a lot, but I mean, maybe Kathleen Kennedy or JJ Abrams. Well, I guess JJ Abrams wouldn't really have much of a say in this cause he's just kind of focused on episode seven, mm-hmm. but um, you know, Kathleen Kennedy or the people at Disney, um, you know, probably got to go to like an advanced screening of this and, uh, you know, maybe he was on their radar already anyways, but I'm sure the, the success of Godzilla sort of helped solidify his position there. Um, and then also the screenwriter for this movie is a guy named Gary Witta. Um, and his, I guess his most prominent sort of screenwriting credits as far as movies go, 
um, as he wrote the Book of Eli with Denzel Washington back in 2010. And um, he's also, this is according to the, the press release on StarWars.com, he's also well-known as a journalist and editor in the video game industry. And he's also uh, part of the writing team on the Telltale Games version of The Walking Dead, um, like their adventure games that they do based off of that show, which I've never played, but I've heard that they're really good um, and that they're you know really well-written and everything. So... And it seems like he knows what he's doing as a writer, but again, not somebody who has a whole lot of experience writing for big budget films, but apparently they felt that, uh, you know, they were confident in his abilities and same with Gareth Edwards, um, you know, sort of based on a limited body of work. But um, I don't know, maybe these guys just interviewed for it and uh, sort of convinced the the higher ups at Lucasfilm and Disney that they could handle it. Or maybe, I don't know if Gary would have had to like write a sample for it or you know, maybe he already had a, a mock draft or something for a, a Star Wars film, but I don't know. Uh, however, they ended up getting the roles. You know, hopefully they can, uh, you know, do a great job with it. And we still don't know what the film is going to be about. Um, although we do know it's going to be coming out December twenty sixteen. Um, actually, December uh, December sixteenth, twenty sixteen is the exact release date. So now we know uh, not only when we'll be seeing Episode Seven, but the first spinoff film uh, for a year after that. But um, and no details yet on whether it's Han Solo or Boba Fett or something else completely different. There's been a whole lot of jokes on the internet, you know, since Gareth Edwards directed Godzilla, they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be a whole movie about a Sarlacc or a Rancor or something like that. The Zillow Beast, um, I've heard a lot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Zillow Beast, I've heard that one too. And then there's a really cool picture. Um, I've seen this, Mark Hamill tweeted this out, okay. um, and I've seen it among other places too, where they take a picture of Luke riding his Tauntaun on Hoth, and they photoshopped it to look like he's riding Godzilla. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> it awesome. yeah, that's pretty cool too. But, uh, you know, I'm sure, I mean, if they did want to do some kind of Star Wars monster movie, obviously they picked the right guy to direct it. But I think, you know, they're also going to have him sort of stretch his uh, imagination a bit and um, you know, maybe do something else besides just monster movies. Cause you know, the, the Zillabies could work well for a couple episodes of Clone Wars. I don't know how well that's going to hold up as its own film for two hours. So, um, I would expect to, and you know, especially with all the other rumors we've heard, I would expect probably, uh, either Boba Fett or Han Solo movie to be the first spinoff, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, the thing that got me most excited about this news was the release date where now it's confirmed. If everything goes according to schedule, of course, anything can change. But we're for sure getting two Star Wars movies a year apart from each other, which to me is just the coolest thing. <laughs> I mean, knowing that we're going to see Episode Seven, and just a year later, we're going to see another Star Wars movie. Just uh, can't believe it. Never thought I'd live to see that happen <laughs> where we're getting two Star Wars movies a year apart from each other. It's just going to be awesome. But... Um, there has been some controversy with Gary Whitta as the writer. I don't know if you heard too much about this, Kyle, but there's been some reports where um, just a lot of people are doubting him or have some concerns about him being a writer for a Star Wars movie because um, on Twitter I saw some posts, and then I've actually seen this on the site Furious Fanboys, where uh, Gary Whitta used to post a lot on this message board I think for a site called a Neo a Gaff or Neo GAF, something like that where he kind of had a reputation for just, like, ripping the prequels and ripping the special edition and talking trash about George Lucas. And it was, like, the typical thing, like, like oh, I got to 
just go out and find or like download and bootleg the original Star Wars movies because the special editions are garbage and true fans don't like them and true fans don't like the prequels and all that stuff. But then back in February, he deleted all these posts <laughs> and making sure, kind of like covering his tracks about it to making sure maybe Lucasfilm doesn't find out about this now that he's working on Star Wars. So there's some controversy about that. And for me personally, I never really heard of him as a writer before. And I know another credit that he had was the After Earth movie, the Will Smith one, which didn't really do good at all. So a lot of people are concerned where he's mocking George Lucas and all this stuff and saying like he can't create a good story for the prequels and all that. And then he writes this movie called After Earth that bombed. So, I mean, I don't know. I hate seeing people trash talk Star Wars and George Lucas and like make like attack him personally. And now that they are working on Star Wars, so it's a little disappointing. But at the same time, I don't think Lucasfilm knew about any of these posts. And they didn't, like, seek him out knowing he was this, like, prequel hater or special edition hater and all that stuff. So they probably found something that they liked about him. Maybe he pitched a good story. And I kind of have an attitude where, okay, you don't like what George Lucas done. You think you can write a better story? Okay, here's your chance. Let's see what you can do in the Star Wars universe now. So, like, you talked about, like... You talked how big you think you could do a Star Wars movie, so let's see if you can deliver on that. So that's been going around on the internet too, where it's a little controversy amongst some fans where they're not real too happy about his writing choice. But it's like, let's see what he can do now. He has the keys to Star Wars, so let's see if he can deliver and boast, back up his boasting. Yeah, I had not heard about that, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, for one thing, like you said, I highly doubt Lucasfilm would seek out this guy on purpose because yeah. he didn't like the prequels or anything. So I think we can kind of toss that out the window. But, um, you know, if he deleted it and tried to, like, make nice and sort of cover up his tracks and then got the job and then people are finding out, like, oh, wait a sec, this guy hates the prequels and everything. Um, you know, I can kind of see why some people would be a little bit worried, but at the same time, um, and, you know, I might even be a little bit worried myself, but if Lucasfilm hired him to write this, they obviously saw something there that made them think this guy can write a really good Star Wars movie. I mean, maybe he already pitched them an idea for a script. Um, so, you know, regardless of his his past, uh, you know, affiliations or his past opinions on the, the prequels and the special editions and stuff, um, you know, maybe or hopefully he can still write a good movie and you know what maybe he's changed his mind maybe he's uh you know sort of come to be more accepting of it and um you know just sort of loves everything for what it is i mean kind of like simon Pegg, who is sort of a notorious prequel hater yeah. as well um and ended up coming to to voice uh dengar on star wars the clone wars which obviously you know dengar is an original trilogy character but it's taking place in the prequel time period and i think that was sort of his way of um, sort of reconciling with, with Lucasfilm and uh, the fans and sort of embracing uh, the newer generation of Star Wars. So maybe Gary Wood is going to do the same thing. Um, either way, I mean, I highly doubt the the people at Lucasfilm are going to let him, you know, write a movie that sort of trashes the prequels or tries to you know undo what's been done before. Yeah, that's another thing, too. I mean, I hate it as much as anybody when you see people like trash talk the prequels and George Lucas and the changes he made to the special, special edition. I hate reading that stuff. But at the same time, too, I don't like it when some fans immediately just think, oh, Kathleen Kennedy and Disney, they just hate the prequels and they're going to ignore it and they're doing this on purpose. Like, So I'm not going to go see these movies now. I'm not going to support Lucasfilm anymore. because I don't. That's not the case at all. I mean, we've heard quotes from J.J. Uh, Abrams even saying how like we got to respect what's that there's a whole new generation now that grew up on the prequels and 
they, that's their favorite version of Star Wars. So we got to respect that and respect the original trilogy fans. So I think as a group in Lucasfilm, they get it. They know they got two sets of fans out there. They're not going to do something to greatly upset a fan base one way or the other. So as far as on Lucasfilm's front, I'm not worried at all about them doing that and deliberately looking for someone oh, who hates the prequels and we're going to get them to write a story that's going to change things. It's not going to be like that at all. So I just... I just disappointed me to see some fans react that way, where they're no longer going to support any new Star Wars stuff because uh, Lucas, they think Lucasfilm is deliberately hiring prequel haters and special edition haters. It's like, no, because they're still, George Lucas may not be directly involved, but you know, Kathleen Kennedy still has conversations with him and he's not going to go do anything where it hires someone deliberately that like trash talks his movies or do anything that's going to change his movies. So I just think on a Lucasfilm front, the fans should maybe just the fans that do think this way. Cause I've seen a few comments, just kind of take a deep breath, take back a little bit, take a step back and just reflect on Lucasfilm isn't out there to destroy the prequels or anything like that. Yeah. And I mean, if people are saying that they're not going to go see the movie because of this, fine, I don't want you in the theater ruining my experience. <laughs> it's like, I just gets back to my thinking where I just hate it. Where does this fans who just like, certain aspects of star wars and they don't acknowledge anything else and we're already seeing that where you know how original trilogy fans don't like the prequels and they don't acknowledge it now we're seeing some the seeds being planted already for prequel fans who don't want to acknowledge episode seven in the sequel trilogy so i just hate that we're having like another schism amongst fans so i just wish we could all just accept it as all being star wars and of course there's going to be certain things we don't like and certain aspects of it but for the most part acknowledge it all as star wars and each one has their merits for being there yeah well you know we we still don't know what this movie is going to be about but if it does turn out to be the long rumored boba fett movie one thing we can uh sort of put to rest and not have to worry about is whether or not they would be killing off boba fett and sort of rebooting the character as we've heard rumored recently because uh pablo hidalgo recently uh sort of went on a big rant on facebook and was <laughs> posting all these sort of sarcastic comments about this um but basically you know bottom line is he was establishing that boba fett's a clone of Django fett that's canon even in the special editions like they went back and changed boba fett's voice so that he sounded like Django fett so the boba fett in empire strikes back is still um you know a clone of Django fett um, so there's not going to be something that happens in between episodes three and four where it gets switched and it's a different person in the suit. Um, and, you know, honestly, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of when uh, people like this kind of go and get real sarcastic with the fans because it's like some people legitimately want to know this stuff. And, you know, you're just acting like, oh, I know everything. And why would that ever happen? That's stupid. It's like, well, I don't think it would happen, but it's not the most ridiculous rumor we've heard. So I think it's a legitimate question to ask. But um you know, at the end of this, uh, he basically sums it up saying, um, you know, I think he's omitting people's names here, but he says, obviously, I've got nothing against so-and-so, but it's just the rebooted Fett rumor is so transparently coming from someone who still has an axe to grind against the prequels. That's where all these retcon prequel rumors come from. Don't give them any weight. Um, so that's sort of the, the final word from the man in charge of story and continuity and everything at Lucasfilm saying that, no, they're not going to retcon Boba Fett. So if anyone was still worried about that, we can uh, put our minds to rest now. Yeah, which I was one of those people, you know, how much I hated this rumor when it first started. And I know you did it like the whole sarcastic way you put certain things, but I have to say I enjoyed reading it because I was so sick of hearing it too. And I think that's the case with this one where he probably just gets bombarded with these rumors and people saying these things. They just get 
part of it, and it's right there. I mean, he referred back to the whole EU announcement where, like, the immovable objects in the Star Wars canon are the six movies. Yes, six movies, not just three. So <laughs> I kind of understand where he's coming from, but I just found it kind of funny when reading it because it's pretty much how I felt about it. So maybe that's why <laughs> I looked at it that way. But I'm just so glad to read this when it did because the I've expressed it on my previous podcast, so I won't go into too much detail, but it just really would have bugged me and there'd be a part of me that wouldn't like that Boba Fett standalone movie if it did go that route, even though for the most part it was good. There'd be always something there that would bug me about if they did retcon him and all that. So this was definitely great to see when I saw this a few days ago and actually made my day. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, I thought about you when I first read this. I was like, oh, that'll make Tim happy. Now, if only he'd come out and debunk those Obi-Wan having a that's next. Come on, Pablo. Let's get on that. <laughs> well, the fact that he won't probably has me worried because maybe it's actually going to be true. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we'll just have to see how that goes. But, um, I mean, I think that's pretty much it as far as uh, Episode 7 and movies and spinoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got some more unfortunate video game news, although this is not you know quite as tragic. No fear. Battlefront hasn't been canceled. But uh, they did cancel uh, Star Wars Attack Squadrons, the online game that they were working on, Um, which is kind of a shame because, I mean, on the one hand, I can kind of understand what they're saying here. Like in their press release, they're saying, uh, they say, after much consideration, we have decided to cease development so that we can focus on other Star Wars game experiences. And we truly appreciate the time that you spent engaging in the beta. Um, they posted that message on their website to everyone who, you know, was participating in the beta testing of the game, of which I was one, um, although I hadn't played it in a while. But, um, I mean, on the one hand, I can I can understand them wanting to sort of divert their resources elsewhere and uh, focus. I mean, maybe they're trying to focus on some more of these big Star Wars games or maybe they've got um, you know, more plans in store for other mobile games or web browser games or things like that. But... Um, I mean, at the same time, though, it kind of is disappointing to see this game get canceled because having played the beta, it's like it seemed pretty polished and uh, kind of close to being done. I mean, the graphics looked great. The gameplay was fun. Um, obviously, they still kind of had some some kinks to iron out, but, um, you know, it didn't seem like this real buggy mess of a game that's like, oh, this is going to get canceled before it even gets finished. Um, I mean, it seemed like something fun and entertaining that they could have turned into, uh, you know, something pretty big and cool that people would have enjoyed. But, and it's like, oh, well, you know, it was fun and seemed pretty close to being done. And now they're just canceling it. So, um, I don't know if this is going to be the last we'll ever see of it, or maybe, I mean, I would like to see this maybe turned into like a mobile game or something like that, just so they don't completely let it die off and go to waste. But, um, if it does, I mean, you know, if this is it for the game and we don't see it again, then, um, oh well, hopefully at least we'll get some some really good space combat in Star Wars Battlefront and some of these other games coming out. But uh, you know, I think this is on the one hand, it's you know seems like a, a huge tragedy just because it comes on the heels of all these other Star Wars game cancellations we've heard with you know Lucasarts getting shut down and we lost thirteen thirteen, and there was this Darth Maul game that got canceled, and now there's Attack Squadrons like it's just kind of heaping on the pile, but. At the same time, I'm like, okay, well, you know, for a free web browser game, like, that's not too big of a loss. But at the same time, it did seem pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with you where I can't say 
I'm necessarily disappointed that it got canceled because I've tried the beta a few times. Like you said, it was pretty good. I mean, I got shot down a lot because I hate using the keyboard and mouse as my controller, so I didn't do good. <laughs> but yeah, it just thinks they see like another Star Wars game canceled. You just don't want to see those words put together because they've seen it so many times throughout the last year or so. So it was disappointing on that front. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't have spent too much time with it anyway. So it's disappointed that another Star Wars game is canceled, but not necessarily heartbroken where I was just dying to play and just going to wait for it. That's Battlefront. And now if that gets canceled, well, man, we're going to have a whole episode to rant about that. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, we've got like two weeks till E3 now. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping our eyes peeled for any and all Star Wars Battlefront announcements coming out of there. Um, and then uh, a couple of last things relating to uh, comics. There's this rumor on uh, bleedingcool.com that we might get to um, you know see some of the lineup of Marvel's uh, first Star Wars comics being announced um, around the time of San Diego Comic Con, which of course would make a lot of sense. You know, it's a big comic convention, and there's always a, a lot of big entertainment news announced. Uh, there anyways and i mean i'm exu- i'm assuming that there's going to be some sort of star wars related news at comic-con this year whether it's uh star wars rebels or something related to episode seven or these comics but um i'm definitely looking forward to uh to finding out sooner rather than later just uh some of you know what some of these first comics from marvel are going to be um especially if we're going to get to see any more uh, Clone Wars storylines continued and adapted into comic books, just like the Darth Maul one that they're doing. So hopefully there's some cool stuff uh, coming up with that. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that there'll probably be some type of announcement from Marvel during their panel at Comic-Con, because it's just a perfect opportunity to do so. Comic San Diego Comic-Con is the biggest convention out there when it comes to comics, and it'll be pretty big news for them to announce what comic titles are coming up for Star Wars. Maybe we'll even get a little insight to tie into episode seven or something, but who knows? But like you said, I'm also hoping too, it's maybe some more unfinished Clone Wars stories or episodes because yeah, the Darth Maul son of Dathomir issue just came out and it was pretty awesome. So especially from seeing some of those concept arts that Dave Filoni put on his blog, hopefully we'll get to see more because it's really cool to get to experience these stories, even though they're not episodes, at least find out about them and what they had to store for us in comic form. Yeah, and uh, like you said, that first issue of Star Wars Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir is available now. Um, you know, you can go out and buy it from comic shops. You can buy the uh, the digital version, which is the one I got. Um, you can get that. I think you can buy it on the website on darkhorse.com, or you can also, you know, they've got like a iPhone and Android app that you can use for digital comics. That's what I've got it. Uh, That's what I've got for mine. I've got the phone app and downloaded it and read it on there. But, uh, I mean, Tim and I, we both read this comic and uh, both agree that it was pretty awesome. And at the same time, I mean, it is kind of one of those things you read it and go, oh, man, this would have been so much cooler if we could have, like, seen this play out on the screen. Um, Especially because there's a a battle scene at the end of the episode that doesn't really take up much of the comic because, you know, there's only uh, sort of so much you can show as far as... Um, you know, people shooting at each other and stuff in comic panels before you're like, okay, yeah, we get the point. There's a big battle going on, but I get the feeling that had this been, um, you know, turned into a, a fully animated episode as it was originally intended, that would have been a longer sequence with a lot more action to it. But, uh, still, I mean, it was great to get the story and, you know, it's the same story, same characters, same sort of look and feel to it. And as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, this feels like sort of 
just the same pacing and everything as as watching the Clone Wars episodes. So can't wait to read the rest of that series when it comes out. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to see uh, even more um, potential Clone Wars storylines adapted into comics in the future. Yeah, it was great reading it. Had the same experience like you. When you're reading it, you can just see the different panels and picture in your head how they would be animated as an episode. And just the story aspect's great too because um, – I won't go into too much spoilers, but I'll throw out a spoiler warning anyway. But we find out the reason why Palpatine is keeping Maul alive and the whole purpose of that. And he's putting that plan into action, which is something I've been wanting to see on Clone Wars be resolved. But even though I won't see it as an episode, it's great to see that story in comic book form wrap up a plot point that I wanted to see resolved too. But another thing I loved about the issue was that battle sequence you're talking about. I'm just going to go on full spoilers here. So if you ever read the issue and you want to be totally surprised, you might not want to hear this one part in that battle sequence. But we got to see Darth Maul take on Grievous, which was cool. I mean, it wasn't that long of a battle, but it's just one of those fanboy things where, like, if you had two action figures and, like, a group that you're playing with and two characters that you wouldn't necessarily see fight against each other and you take them out and fight with them. But we got to see it here in this comic book, it was pretty cool to see those two characters from episode one and episode three have a small, short battle. But I just would love to see that in the episode <laughs> if it was an episode seeing those two characters fight against each other. But yeah, it definitely ended in a cool way and just makes you excited to see the rest of of these issues. I almost call them episodes because it's a four part <laughs> issue and you know, this probably would have been a four part arc. So it's kind of mirroring each other that way. But yeah, I just can't wait for it to finish and it's going to be great to read it all as one. Once you get all the issues or you get the trade or something, I think it's going to be just a great way for us to experience our small story, even though we weren't able to see it on the Clone Wars. Yeah. And another thing I love about it is, I mean, this really feels like it picks up right after the end of the lawless yeah. um, in season five. I mean, a lot of times with these different arcs in clone wars, um, you know, you feel like there's kind of some space in between them. Like the, uh, the Darth Maul episode from the end of season four, like the season finale of revenge, um, you know, sort of ends on a cliffhanger and then everybody was wanting season five to pick up right away with uh, sort of an immediate conclusion of that where you see like, oh, what happened with Obi-Wan and Ventress as they sort of escaped and did Obi-Wan capture her or did he let her go and what are Maul and Savage going to do next and how are the Jedi going to react to learning that Darth Maul's still alive and all this kind of stuff. And instead, um, it's just sort of, you know, revival opens where uh, Maul and Savage have kind of just been like, running around the outer rim causing chaos for a while now ever since the last time we saw them and so it's not really like a direct follow-up it's just sort of like the next part of their story but um that's not quite as much of a direct link there but with this comic here um i mean it feels like this could be the next episode in a story arc after the lawless it's that sort of yep. direct it's not like oh months later sidious has maul out doing missions it's like no, after the lawless, he captured him and he's got him hanging in prison and then the Mandalorians come to bust him out. And then, you know, he's sort of like, okay, you know, what do we have left? What's our army doing this kind of thing? And then, yeah, like you said, that battle scene at the end, like not only do you have a lightsaber duel between Darth Maul and General Grievous with pre Vizsla's dark saber, no less, yeah. but uh, you also have this big battle between the, the battle droids and the death watch army. And uh, yeah, I mean, you already gave the spoiler warning. So I was like, sure, let's go into more detail on it. But <laughs> that's what I was talking about where I was like, man, I would have just loved to see that battle sequence played out on screen, but um, just, yeah, the story of it was cool. The, the link to, 
um, the rest of the series and the way it sort of picks up right from the season five Darth Maul storyline um, was great. And yeah, I can't wait to see where they go with it for the rest of the, the story arc. Yeah, I just have to remember where as much as you can't help but think, oh, if only these were episodes, you just got to remind yourself, at least we're getting this. It's better than nothing. <laughs> at least we're finding right. out the story. And it's also better than, you know, just reading like an interview with Dave Filoni or something. If he were to say like, oh, well, these episodes are never going to get made. So I might as well tell you guys what happened. Yeah. Like, at least we get to see the story play out in some form. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, we might have to hear for a few plot points if it ever comes up in comic conventions or interviews or something. But at least for now, with Darth Maul, we're getting the full story. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see because he has teased in some other interviews that, you know, they're sort of keeping these stories tucked away and that we might uh, get to see some of them um, at other points, you know, in the future. So um, I don't think they're ready to just sort of spill the beans on any of them just yet. And so, okay, yeah, we're never going to make this. So we might as well just tell you guys what happens. Yeah, exactly. Don't release all your secrets to shit because you just never know when you can be able to use them again. Yeah, and, you know, again, hopefully we get to see as many of those as possible at some point. Yeah, it may take a few years, but maybe eventually we'll get all of them. <laughs> you never know with Star Wars. Yeah, Nothing so, stays dead or gone forever. Yeah, so that comic is out now, and uh, the rest of the... I mean, it's four issues. The first issue's out now, and the, the next three are coming out, like, over the next three months, I think. Um, it'll just be, like, once a month, but... Um, if you guys want to check that out, uh, like we said, it's in comic stores. It's on darkhorse.com. So definitely something to check out if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and want to uh, see the next chapter of Darth Maul's story. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us this episode. Um, we've wrapped up all our Episode 7 stuff. And Tim and I were talking about this before we started recording. Like This is the first time in a long time that we haven't had anything Star Wars Rebels related to talk about on an episode. Um, except that they've got Star Wars weekends going on at Disney World right now, and they're showing. Um, I, I, I've heard that they're supposed to be showing like a different preview clip from Rebels every weekend uh, there at Star Wars weekends, and I've like read a description of the clip that they showed at the first weekend, which was last weekend. And now that it's Sunday evening, they might have a new one out for this past weekend. But as far as I know, I haven't been able to find any of the um, you know anybody's like bootleg videos of them or anything on YouTube. So. Um, nothing really big to reveal there, but maybe once Star Wars Weekends is over, they might post all those clips online. Um, and, uh, of course, we'll be keeping an eye out for anything else related to Episode Seven Rebels. Uh, like we said, e is coming up, and so we're really excited for Battlefront and any new Star Wars video games that might be announced there. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Star Wars... Facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. That is a really long Facebook link. Or you can just go on our website, starwarstsc.com. That is much nice and shorter. Um, and, of course, you can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, feedback, anything like that, uh, it's always great to hear from you guys. Uh, thanks to you guys who uh, chimed in with some thoughts for this episode uh, regarding you know some of the Episode 7 stuff and the practical effects and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm sure that's more stuff that we'll you know continue to talk about in the months ahead. Um, and, you know, we're just going to gonna continue to be super excited as there's like a new star wars movie being filmed right now so uh as we're recording this yeah recording star wars <laughs> well as we're recording this and then tomorrow and the next day and for the next couple months so 
Um, you know, obviously it's a hugely exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back with another new episode for you guys as soon as we've got some more great and exciting and interesting Star Wars news to talk about. But uh, until then, we will see you guys next time and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody, from Abu Dhabi. <laughs> well, next time it might be, uh, you know, Iceland or London or whatever. Wherever they're filming, I'll be there. <laughs>